You are listening to the weekend message of Crossroads Church North Campus. Crossroads exists to make much of Jesus, and we do this by following in the way of Jesus and making disciples who love God and love others. To find out more about Crossroads, go to crossroadslive.com. Thanks for listening. Grace and peace. That is a beautiful noise to hear. Merriment. <laughs> Uh, what I love about when I have to end the announcements, I actually do have to end that, that time when you guys are greeting each other. You'll just keep going, which is, which is a wonderful thing because um, you love each other. So that's great. Uh, but <clears throat> Andrew also asked me to read something to you, and uh, it comes from uh, this. This is called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Uh, and if you are a parent in here or a, a grandparent uh, of a little one, this is a, this is a great resource um, that it's just a, a great paraphrase of a lot of the stories of, of the Bible. And uh, the tagline of it is, every story whispers his name. Because literally every story uh, in the Bible is, is, can be redirected. We can, we can see Jesus uh, in all of these stories. And so when Andrew asked me to, uh, to read this, because we know there, there's going to be quite a few little ones in the crowd. And, uh, and it's, I, I actually really like reading it to my kids. So, so I was like, yes, let's do it. Uh, and so this is the nativity story uh, from Luke chapters 1 and 2. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people, just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down, seas would have roared, trees would have clapped their hands. But the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking, in the darkness he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Now Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her room. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy, and you will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around, the God who made the universe with just a word, the one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary had almost, or was almost ready to have her baby. Now Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, to the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full and every bed was taken. 
Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come, and they couldn't find anywhere except an old, tumble-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his most wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Because, of course, he had. And so we're going to continue to think on that, the concept that the God of the universe became a baby for us. uh, And we get to celebrate that today. And so we'll continue in that thought as we continue to worship him. We step into uh, the well-worn path of the Christmas story. And there's, there's always a danger, I find, every, every time we come to this passage is that it can become so familiar, so routine, so told. And, and maybe you come to church every Sunday. Maybe this is one of the few times you come to church and you're like, I always hear the same story uh, because this is what we talk around at Christmas time. But what I love about the Christmas story is that it doesn't take place in a palace or in a crowded stadium, but where we pick up, where we step into this evening is in the quiet fields where shepherds are keeping watch over their flock at night. They're just doing their job when suddenly the sky is just alight. When a messenger comes to tell them that there's good news of great joy that will be for all the people, not just for the shepherds there and then, But for us here and now, good news of great joy for everyone. And this good news of great joy is that Jesus has come. But even in the way in which this is announced, even in the way in which God is moving towards humanity, there's something to pay attention to and who he first comes to who he makes this announcement to, because he's making this announcement to people that were considered outcasts and on the fringe of society, which should give all of us hope in this room that we have a chance to be the recipients of this same invitation of good news of great joy for all people. As Dane read through that Christmas story, we're reminded that Mary and Joseph, this young couple, was told that they would have a baby boy. And some of the most incredible circumstances, not how they had planned it in any way, shape, or form, but they're told that they would have a baby boy, his name would be Jesus, that he would come to rescue and save his people from their sins. And so we see that on this quiet night in Bethlehem, as they had gone there for a census to be counted and to kind of report to the Roman authorities of where they lived, uh, that suddenly time for Mary to give birth had, had come. And we read in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 6, that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. What we see in this moment is there's, 
There's no privilege. There's no prestige of the coming of our creator in human form. He's born with no space, no place, no room to lay his head. His parents had come to the town where they needed to give account uh, where their family lineage was from. And as they went around, there was no guest room in one of the houses. And so the only space available to them was the place that animals were brought in in the night to stay warm. And here, the creator of the entire cosmos coming in human form is laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. Not what you would expect for the coming of a king. Not what you would expect for this announcement of good news that is for all people. And yet this child for whom there was no room had come to make a place and room for us all. And so we pick up in this story in verse 8 where it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. These shepherds keeping watch over their field. Sometimes we have an image like this, and we're like, oh, that's adorable. They're so cute. Or we have a nativity scene, right? And there's a, there's a shepherd who's like holding a sheep, or there's little sheep that we place around baby Jesus, and we have this cute and cuddly image in our minds. But in Jesus' day, there was nothing cute and cuddly about shepherds. They were seen as dishonest, not to be trusted, not to be messed with, like some of you in this room. Uh, That's how they were viewed. The the riffraff, the ruffians, they were pushed aside and, and kind of disregarded in the way that they went through life. And I find it so profound that the announcement that is about to come, comes to them. What we read on and see is that an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. Now this is a moment I can relate to in this story. I think if you were just tending to your flock or just doing your job and suddenly the whole room lit up, there was an angelic being in there, I think fear would be the natural response. If I'm taking out the trash and I hear a branch crack, I am running back into the house. Fear is my natural response. And yet, what does this angel say to them in this moment as they're filled with fear? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And so we hear this This line that we hear often at this time, fear not, for behold, I bring you a good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And herein, I think, lies our questions. What what is this good news? And how is this good news for everyone? And I think the real question underlying all that is, is it still good news today? Do we still view this announcement as good news for us here and now in our day and age? And let me just say, I know some of you in this room, you haven't had any good news for a while. You're longing for just like a glimmer of hope, something that gives you something on the horizon to hold on to. 
Others in, you, in here, you don't even believe that good news is possible because you look around and you're like, I, I just don't have much to be excited about. But, but here is the truth of what's being stated to us, that this is good news for all people everywhere. And this good news is that God and his love for us did not run from us, but he runs to us. This is great news for all of us in this room. And we find that this story, it shapes everything. This story, it changes everything. Because to me, the miracle of Christmas and the reason why we retell this story over and over again is because it reminds us that hope is not lost, that joy cannot be restrained, that peace is still possible, and that love has come for us that we might truly live abundantly and have life. So this angel speaking to the most unlikely audience, these shepherds caring for their fields, and all the while this announcement's going on, Mary, this teenage, uh, teenage mom, is just wrapping her child in swaddling cloths, lying him in a manger, the king of all the universe lying in a manger. And what we find is that this is very good news for each and every one of us. But here's the question. What's, what's the good news? What does the angel announce specifically that helps us go, okay, this is, this is something worth being excited about? Well, he says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Unto you is born this day a Savior. What's a Savior? someone who can rescue, redeem, someone who can save us, pull us back from the edge of death and point us towards life. Sometimes we use that word flippantly. Oh, you're my savior. You brought breakfast. I remember one time grasping onto a metal pole that I considered my savior because I was working in a, a stock room and I was moving a bunch of furniture and I was standing on a pile of furniture about 10 feet high in the air when it all gave way underneath me. And I jumped back, and the only thing between me and, ten, and just concrete on the ground was air. And I thought, this is it. This is how I die. This is pretty unglamorous. And I'm falling forward when suddenly I stop, and I'm just suspended there. Because this metal pole behind me had ripped through my pants and held on, and it was the only thing keeping me from falling. Legitimately saved by the seat of my pants. Like, right? And I just grabbed hold of that thing like, thank you. But a savior is someone who, who rescues. And so unto you is born this day in the city of David. David, the king by which all other kings of Israel would be measured. The one who, through whom the Messiah was to come. Right? And it says that this, this savior would be Christ the Lord. Now sometimes we get a little confused and we think Christ is just Jesus' last name. But Christ is a title. It means Messiah. It means anointed one. Set apart one. And Christ, the Lord, Lord meaning someone who has power and authority and ability. And so this Savior who would come to rescue us, this rescuer, would be a set-apart, distinct one who has the power and ability to save us. He can do what we cannot do on our own. He has the ability and the power to save and to rescue Think of it like this. If you're having a plumbing problem in your house, something's bubbling that shouldn't be bubbling. 
right? You don't call a mechanic, do you? No, unless you have a really weird plumbing problem in your car. No, you call a plumber. That's, that's what you're going to look for because they have the ability to diagnose your problem and hopefully fix that. And so the question becomes, the Savior's being announced to come and to rescue and redeem and to save, but what's he coming to save us from? What's he coming uh, to, to cure us of? So what does Jesus have to, to rescue us from? And, and for some, that's a legitimate question. You're like, I, I think I'm good. I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think I need a savior. I mean, you look around at the world and you're like, everyone gets along. There's no division. Everyone's friends. I go on Facebook and it's just a party there. You know, all these things. Everything's great. No, right? We look around and it's pretty bleak. We look in our own community. We see some, some friction. We look across the world and we go, what is going on? We, we feel that. This ache for something better. There's longing for things to be set right, for, for things not to feel so hard. Now, we see the, the tension around us. We feel the fluctuation. We feel love and we feel loss. We can feel joy and we can feel despair. I mean, again, this is why Hallmark movies are so watched in the season. Because they feed off our want for a happy ending. There's a sense of predictability. They've studied this. There's a sense of predictability that helps to calm your brain because you don't have to think when you watch it, right? You know when you meet the hardworking girl who's in the city and she's happened to be visiting back at home and the snowstorm's coming and she meets the guy who sells the trees who's had a crush on her since high school, you know how this is going to end. They're going to fall in love. And we watch this because it soothes us because we know something's off. We need rescue. And not just from Hallmark movies. We, we need a deep, meaningful rescue. We need a rescue from the breakdown we feel in our relationships with others. We need a rescue from the breakdown that we feel from our creator who made us. We need a rescue from the, the dark that doesn't just reside in others, but resides in us. We need atonement for our wrongs. We need atonement for the wrongs that have been done to us. I mean, how many of us in the last year have, had, have said something that we just wish we could take back? I mean, how many of us had said something in the last month that we just wish we could have back? Last week. Some of you are like, I said something today that I wish I could have back. We feel it. You know, what's fascinating to me is that this angelic messenger comes and he's speaking to the shepherds in the field. And what are these shepherds doing? They're doing what shepherds do. They're tending the flock. And by all accounts, it would seem that this particular flock, where they are in Bethlehem, was often a place where the sheep that were cared for there were used for the temple sacrifices. And what were the temple sacrifices for? For atonement, to, to a payment to appease what was wrong, to make what was right, uh, make what was wrong right. And so these sheep were used for people's atonement before God. And basically, this angel is coming to say, guess what, you guys? 
you're going to be out of work. Because your Savior's come, who's going to rescue you once and for all. He's going to pay the ultimate debt that you could never pay on your own. And so these sheep, they're not going to be needed anymore. Because this coming one who has the power and the ability to rescue and to save us will pay our debt in full. That in him we may have life. And this is the good news that's being proclaimed. That Jesus has come. The one with the ability and the power. The the one who's set apart to do just what we need to be done. And this is good, great news. That should bring us joy. But how is this good news for everybody? How is this good news for, for you and I? Well, the, the beautiful part is that Scripture tells us that all who look to Jesus and trust in him and turn to him and follow after him, all who call upon his name will be saved, will be rescued. Everyone who turns to him will be rescued. This is why the the angel, after he proclaims this to them, he's suddenly not alone. He proclaims this message, and then it says, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. They're praising God because God is coming to rescue all of humanity. And they're also announcing that on earth, There will be peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace, not just the absence of strife, but a a wholeness, a completeness. That's what's being proclaimed, that peace is now possible in our lives through Jesus. And then the story continues. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And in the midst of this moment, we find ourselves zooming back out. As these shepherds are experiencing this good news, that they are finding it's good news for them, but we're still wondering, is this good news still? Does it matter? Does this change anything? And what we see is this announcement that Jesus has come to rescue and to save. And not only has he come to rescue and to save, but he has the power and the authority and the ability to save us, to save us from our sin, our wrongdoings, to save us from our sorrows, to save us from our shame. And this pronouncement is good news still. And how do I know this? Well, I've seen this played out in the lives of so many who have turned to Jesus, and not because suddenly everything gets so easy, but they feel the weight that they once carried themselves to make all things right, handed over to the one whose shoulders are broad enough to carry it for them and to rescue and to redeem. And not just in the lives of others, I've seen it in my own life. 
where he's met me in despair and darkness and sorrow, and yet he still brings joy because only he can rescue and only he can save. See, what we long for, that wholeness, that completeness, something to break through the dark, something that gives us strength when we have none, that's not found in a thing. It's found in a person. And the child for whom there was no room has come and made room for us. All of us who say yes to him. He has come to save us and he's come to rescue us. And in his coming, we see that hope is not lost. That joy is still in front of us. Peace is possible. And in his coming, love has come for us that we might have life. And our part in all of this is to receive. To receive this good gift and believe that Jesus is the name above all names, the name by which we are all saved and rescued and redeemed. See, this is the good news of great joy that is for all people. And whether you've grown up in church hearing this story over and over again, whether you have not grown up in church, whether you feel like God has abandoned you or whether you just feel like he has fully embraced you, the truth is Emmanuel, God with us, has come for you. He's come for you and he's come for me. And he's come for all of us that we may have life in him. And so this Christmas, my prayer for each of us is that we would stand and be amazed, much like the shepherds were. This unlikely ragtag crew that was receiving this message, that good news of great joy had come to them for their Savior had been born. And what did they do? How did they respond? They ran to Jesus. And my prayer is that the same thing would be us today that as we receive this good news of great joy that is for each of us, that our response would be to run to Jesus just as he has run to us. See, this proclamation is not simply for others. It's for you. So receive it and run to Jesus. For Jesus has come And this is good news of great joy for everyone, everywhere, this day, and every day. You pray with me. Father, we are reminded of the gift that you have given us in the coming of your Son that in your love to rescue and to save your creation, Jesus came in the form of a fragile baby boy, that he would grow in both wisdom and stature, and he would show us what it looked like to live in perfect relationship with you. He set a pattern for us, and he invites each of us to come and to follow him. And so, Father, as we hear this proclamation, would we follow him? 
would we receive the great gift of Christmas and the coming of Jesus. That redemption has been made possible. That our King has come. And the one with power and authority to rescue and redeem and to save is here. This is good news of great joy. And we rejoice in you. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. His name is Jesus, and he is the light of the world. And in him, we find not just light, but we find life. In these moments, as we light our candles together, I encourage you to reflect on this truth, that he has come. He's come for your neighbor. He's come for your family. And he's come for you. As we sing these songs, may we reflect on this good news of great joy that is for all people.
Take just a moment and look around. From one light has come many. In the same way as Christ has come for you, we now serve as reflections of him wherever we are, bringing this good news of great joy with us wherever we go. May you take hold of this gift. May you experience the peace of Christ. And may you know him this Christmas. Let us extinguish our candles together. Just always keep my eye on the rebels in the room. (laughs) Every year. (laughs) Uh, I love it. There's always like two or three that hang on until the very last moment. And can I just say, parents, some of you have multiple kids with you. You did a great job of managing open flames. Uh, that, was, that was impressive right there. Well, we are, are so glad that you joined with us to celebrate this Christmas Eve. Uh, as has already been said, tomorrow morning we'll be back at 10.30 a.m. to celebrate Christmas Day. Uh, it'll be a family service. Again, PJs are, are welcome uh, as we come together just to, to celebrate the coming of Jesus. On your way out, make sure that you grab a candy cane as just a a way of sugaring you up just a little bit more this season, Um, and you can thank us later when your kids are really running through the roof. Um, But as we leave from here today, uh, may you know uh, the peace of Christ. May you know the hope of Christ in both your heart and in your home. May you experience the peace of Christ this Christmas. Uh, And from all of us here at Crossroads, Merry Christmas. Christmas.